I hear you two seconds later. Do you hear me counting two seconds later too? Well, I when I say four, you're on two. Two? Okay, that is really weird because I'm simultaneous four. with you. And yeah. then, so what I do is when I when I set up the recordings and I pair mm-hmm. them up, I I put them one second apart. I figure. Oh, okay. That kind of because you're yes, hearing me the two difference. seconds later too. I assume. Well, uh, when when I mean, we clap, no. When when we clap, I am hearing you right on me. Oh, okay. I mean. What, to what to my that? ears, we are clapping simultaneously. Like a lot of times, I don't even hear your clap. Okay, but you're hearing me one second later, and then I'm hearing you one second later after that. After that, right? That's what I think is going okay. on. So, all right. Well, that's regardless. Hey, folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the ambassador of common sense, and I'm here with Dan, the ambassador of nonsense. Welcome, folks, and it's. It's, uh, I feel, you ever have one of those days where, where first, where you think you missed a day? <laughs> I, I feel that especially now. I, I, uh, cause <clears throat> yeah, I came yeah, home I've from work that. and I, I just, I like passed out on the couch and, mm-hmm. um, Thomas comes down and he's waking me up, but I can't really figure out Pull why. Out I just know he's oh, waking okay. me up and I look at my, yeah. Uh, phone and it says 8.30 and I'm like, criminy, I'm late for, I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> I think and at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> <coughs> why is he waiting? And it's just the right time because it's getting dark out. So it's, uh, yeah. the, Looks, the lighting yeah. is right. And, mm-hmm. uh, then I thought, wait a minute, yesterday was Friday. That this Saturday. I can go back to sleep. And then, uh, I thought, wait a minute. And Thomas the whole time is talking, but all I'm hearing is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> he just keeps talking, but I still can't figure out what day it is. <laughs> Finally, I realize it's Friday night right now. I do not get a whole extra day to do. I'm doing this job at work, this this uh, project at work, and I'm crunching mm-hmm. for time, and I'm trying to get as much done before the weekend starts. Oh, but okay. I thought, oh, I get a whole extra day to work on this. But no, you don't. I, whatever I got done today is done. And, That's it. Uh, and I got to call Danny because I, I forgot we're supposed to record. So I have to wake up and, and then I'm reading through your text messages and I see the zombie dust again. See, you first texted me that like, while what? I was at work and I'm working on this project and you said oh. something like, I've got, Zombie dust and centennial. And I'm like, yeah. good for you, Danny. I don't know what, are you what talking you're talking about. about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know, know, I got, I've got to, I got to look up those other beers you have. Cause I, what I did was I took the picture, um, and just, just so that everybody knows what we're talking about. I had lined up beers for the week out, like, like 14 weeks or something like that. And then, during our our hiatus that we weren't recording, I ended up drinking all of mine. Uh, but we, you know, I had bought I them and them paired all. them up, you know. So, so and you saved them. So when you sent me that picture, though, I took the picture today to the um, the liquor store. Is like you can't go in and browse, 
Instead, you have to tell them what you want really? outside on the sidewalk. And then, the, yeah, it's kind of stupid, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, I just handed them my phone. I said, well, any of these that you have, I, I want a pack of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they were able to get five of the eight. I didn't bother telling them the ones that, you know, wouldn't yeah. be on the list anyway. Cause you just go ahead and drink those. them. They got, exactly. So they got five of the eight. Uh, three of them were the ones we've already had. The, the gumball head, the uh, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale, ale and the... Um, uh, yeah. The what's the other one that we had? The oh, the quaff, the busted knuckle. Um, and then they also had Centennial, which everybody always has that, and Zombie Dust. Um, I kind of think that unveiled, uh, that's disappeared maybe from like shelves seasonal, anywhere. Maybe? Uh, either seasonal, or I have to look up and see if maybe they didn't, they didn't quite make it as a brewery or something. Oh, okay. Um, but. Uh, so I mean, you might you might have like a collector's item. It's there. probably our fault. Of course, I've <laughs> we didn't do them as the beer of the week, and they went under because we never. Because I I put the All beer right, of the I'm week gonna... in the beginning, like <clears throat> on the website and linked to it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Despite me fighting the whole thing from the start, I take it serious, and <laughs> well, I okay, I make that's... it prominent on the website. But this week, as I said, we have zombie dust. Yep, Zombie Dust, brewed by Three Floyds in uh, Munster, Indiana. And um, we had another Three Floyds beer, uh, was it last week or the week before? The the Gumball Head is also a Three Floyds. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, Zombie Dust is, um, it's they, they call it an undead pale ale. It's actually an American pale ale. Um, and the art on it is, a, is drawn by uh, comic book artist Tim Seeley. Yeah, it looks kind of scary. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a zombie. Well, it looks more like an orc. Yeah, yeah, like an orc king kind of a thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have no idea. I'll so, bet you're tasting something totally different than what I'm tasting because that beer sat why in uh, Dad's mudroom in a lockbox for a year. That's six months. How long? How long was our? But it sat through the summer, didn't it? Or well, and the winter, true, really? That's true. So it got hot so and cold summer... and hot and cold, and probably doesn't taste anything. Well, how does it taste? I don't know. It tastes like it should. It should taste like a little bit higher in American beer. Actually, it, I mean, it's an American pale ale style. A um, little bit sour, a little bit bitter. Okay. Maybe it's supposed to taste like that. I don't think the sour the 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 sour might actually be some of sitting through hot and cold. Yeah, it doesn't taste sour to me. Okay, well I, I'll still drink it. Okay. Well, uh, anyway. Okay, on to the subject: thee, thy, and thou. Yeah, in so prayers. You brought those up. I don't know what I don't know what research you've done, but I I just looked into the history. I just picked one of the words and looked into the history and and kind of how it developed and it goes back to so, uh 13th century uh in yeah that's when people used it commonly it's like old english old english stuff right not old middle it t- technically i think it's middle english but but yeah it's it's like way way back english stuff um it's it's um certainly uh, you know it's an archaic use of of english and so the the question really and the, the reason it's a catholic thing isn't so much the uh, the question of the pronouns themselves, but we've got kind of a modern 
uh, trend. I wouldn't say a push because there's nobody who's like real belligerent about it or anything like that. But you've got people who insist whenever they say traditional prayers like the Our Father or the Hail Mary, replacing all of these and nows with uh, yours and you's. You know, they'll say, yeah. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Or Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, and so forth. And so it, it's a, I don't, it's not a deep Catholic question, but it's one of those things that you hear and then people have different opinions about it. And I just kind of wanted to bring it up at some point in a podcast. Now, I don't think there's enough material there to carry this as a very long podcast. So this might end up being a short podcast, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, you, you can get back to your sleep. Actually, you know what? You're probably up for the night now. You won't get yeah, any more I'm, sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going to fool around with that. I set up some security cameras and there's some, I, I can't figure out how to get them on my phone, even though they are online oh. because, and it's supposed to, I was messing with it and I have it set up to give me a little click when, right. uh, when there's movement. So okay. now I'm getting a click every 10 seconds. Because there are moths, or squirrels, and stuff gathering oh. Oh. Uh, where the lights are <laughs> at the light, and I guess you know it's, a, it's a not lot even a normal light. It's like, it's like a it's a light that I can't see, but is very visible in the camera. It's in the video. You know what I mean? Oh, they're 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 gathering to the camera itself. It's okay. You're that's what it you're not talking like. like a porch light or something. Okay, all right. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. It might be a. Uh, um, like an IR light it's or something like, like yeah, that. It's, it's, to, to, it looks uh, red in the thing, but they're little LEDs yeah. that kind of neat. All right. Well, that is neat. Uh, yeah, I hope you can figure out your moth problem. <laughs> I thought it, you were talking about a porch light. And I was going to say a lot of times, depending on the software, those things, uh, you can like identify zones to say, ignore any movement in this zone. Yeah, I do. And I've, okay. I've got the zone. But if they're, if they're very... flying up, if, yeah, if the they're flying up to the whole camera itself, it that's it's the like, whole thing. Geez. You can't ignore the whole screen. Okay. Right. I got to figure out a way around that. All right. Well, good luck with that. All right. So the and I, so you said you did a little bit of research, uh, after I brought the topic up. I'm curious. First of all, let, let, let me just get a, a quick opinion from you. Do do you have an opinion? Is it a, is it a good thing to uh, should we move our prayers forward and and get out of the past and and do the replacement? Should we maintain the thou thy language in in new prayers that we develop going forward, um, or is it one of those things that just doesn't matter at all? And there's there's no spiritual or or prayer benefit either way. I I don't have a I don't have a strong opinion. Um, I have always been a the thou person uh mm-hmm. in prayer. Um just because of my yeah, I'm a writer, so I, I I understand language and I understand using certain words to uh give your your speech or writing a sense a a a, a, a kind of a, a backdrop to to mm-hmm. make it sound yeah. more like something. A, a and, flavor, right. Um, you know, colloquial language is, is just, it's just one part of it. But, um, let's see, I guess it was 20 years ago when I was teaching my kids to pray and we're, mm-hmm. you know, saying the rosary, I wanted them to kind of understand the words that they were using. So aside from teaching them the words and going over them, this is what that means. 
because when they would say the prayers, they would, you know, they would take clumps of words and just, and make it all one word. And I thought, yeah. oh, they don't even know what they're saying. So, yeah, um, I know. Exactly. I used you and your for a little while. And now the habit itself is kind of like it, it'll go back and forth. If I'm saying a rosary in, in, in one decade, I might use You'll one or the other without <laughs> knowing, you know? <clears throat> That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't I have do a that strong with, opinion, but you I know, see I notice I do that with like Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That kind of thing, you know? Mom's really into calling it one of them, and I don't even remember which one. She's really into calling it the Holy Ghost. Okay. Which is, it's kind of interesting. It, it's like the difference is, um, it's basically German versus, uh, Latin. So Latin is Spiritus Sanctus. So Sancta means holy. It's where we get the, the word saint. It's where we get the word sanctity, sanctification, and so forth. Uh-huh. Um, and spiritus, of course, Latin for spirit. In German, um, it's, um, I think it's Heiliger Geist, but Geist is ghost. Oh, okay. And that's, and, and English itself is a German language, and that's which, and I'll, that'll actually come into our conversation later. And that's where in, in a more traditional English translations of the prayers and English habits of speaking the prayers, we commonly would have said Holy Ghost. Okay. Um, because that's from our linguistic roots. Um, why mom particularly thinks the one is better than the other, I don't know. Um, I, I, it's, it's kind of weird for me because I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer in praying in Latin. Uh, much to my family's chagrin, and sometimes I even insist on saying the um, the prayer before meals in Latin, and they like all like roll their eyes and stuff. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> as as well they probably should, I guess. I, you know. <laughs> I, I I I read that into your yeah, um, but uh, so I'm thinking, well, if 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 Latin is the you know, the linguistic source of the prayers of the church, then we ought to be saying spirit instead of ghost. But we've got this word holy. Even if we say Holy Spirit, the word holy actually comes from the German, not from any Latin. So, yeah, it, you know, it's a six of one for me. It's, yeah, on I that think one. It's, it's, you know, the, it seems like the generation above ours, whatever, whatever they grew up with, that was the perfect part point in time mm-hmm. whatever traditions yeah. they had those were the ones that should never be moved away from that's, that's and the i way guess to do it. a lot of people get that way and i i kind of purposely try not to be that way mm-hmm. but uh i guess i am sort of that way on certain things like this whole the whole move uh to uh using cell phones to text people and stuff like that i fought that like a devil for a long time i know i I, know. I just I, wouldn't I, get a In phone. fact, I remember getting a text message from you. It's like one of the first times I actually got a text message from you. And I had to look at it three times. I kept thinking, oh, Vicky must have sent it. Yeah. Well, I was... I, I forget what it was, but... I was forced to get a phone <laughs> so that uh, my bosses could reach me at any point. Oh, right, right, yeah. 
And but, I would, but they weren't even what? my bosses at back then. We had, uh, they had agreed to use my company for certain things and they just, oh, okay. they needed to be able to get yeah. a hold of me at any time. And they were clients then or customers, not right. bosses at the time. Yeah. Right. So, but now that I'm in it, I'm like, you know, all right, I'm going to stop fighting this and just kind of go with it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, 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 uh, sometimes what you got to do. And, you know, that's, that's, I guess it kind of makes sense to do that in language as well. Now, in, uh, what I'll lead with my wife's position, uh, and, and I'll give her, her props because she actually did study linguistics, uh, in school prior to her deciding to become an audiologist. She, you know, she, she did a lot of German in high school. And then when she got into college, she thought, Oh, I want to be a German teacher. That that's what she, you know, so does she, she speak do. German? Well, she did. She's lost a lot of it, but she spent a summer in Germany as an exchange student. And when she came back, you know how, how, you know, you're, I don't know if, if, how much you've done in terms of other languages, whether you had to take Spanish in high school or anything like that. But, I, you know, we, we think in English. I never passed a single year of another language. Okay, well, there's a, a point in a language where there, you're, you're nearly fluent, but you're still thinking in your own language and then translating yeah. it, even if you're doing it real fast, into the other language. Yeah. Well, when she came back from Germany at the end of that summer and, and her host family, the, you know, part of the foreign exchange program, they weren't allowed to speak English even though they knew it. When she came back from Germany and started getting back into speaking English to people, she was thinking in German and translating to English at first. Really? So that's how well she knew it at one time. Yeah. I I worked with this guy. Uh, he was around 18 from the Philippines. Um, and he had been in America for not real long, maybe around a year. Uh, he still had a pretty strong accent, but I asked him, I said, do you... I said, when you hear me talk, do you have to translate it into English in your head before you can think about it? Do you think in Philippine? He said, yes, I do. He said, everything, wow. when I talk, I still have to translate it first and then say it. And he was, mm -hmm. a, he was a young kid. He was like 19 or 20. Um, and I was kind of surprised at that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he... There's people who you know, eventually he get to where they can... Mm -hmm. About foreigners uh, and the way they say the word beach... And yeah, we're okay. saying, he said, say beach. I said beach. He said, now how come when you say it, it sounds like a, a place with sand, but no matter what, if I try to say beach, it sounds like I'm saying a cuss word. Does, and did it sound like that? Yeah. Sounds like he was saying B-I. It sounds like he was saying B-I with a accent. Beach. Is it possibly because he was, he was e putting too much, he was e leading the C-H with a little bit of a T and that was, what, not the is it possible that it wasn't the vowel that was causing that impression but but the way he was saying the ch i don't think so it was the way he pronounced the e okay and yeah that, like that is interesting it sounded more nasal but i started thinking yeah if a if like a if a latina says beach it sounds like he's saying the bi word mm -hmm. that is weird yeah how do we get onto this i we, we were talking about linguistics so okay. anyway she was going to be a teacher and, and she actually did take linguistics classes, had to, you know, there was like one class where they had to, to, you know, do an analysis of Swahili 
uh, you know, written yeah. stuff without actually knowing the language. You know, various things like that. So anyway, her perspective, I I give a little bit of weight to. And her perspective right. on the, the whole language thing, the thee, thy, thou, is that, you know, language changes and you just go with the change. However, the traditional prayers as she learned them and as we taught the kids, we just continue to use them as we know them because that's convenient and that's the pattern of of speaking that we have used and associated with the thoughts of the prayer with and so forth. So it's not like she's out changing the, you know, hallowed be your name, but at the same time, she sees no value in composing new prayers with thee, thy, thou, because we just don't use that language anymore and there's no point right. in doing it. So that's her perspective. Now, I have a different perspective. And and it took me a little bit of um it took me a little bit of thinking about this to come up with this. And believe it or not, there's actually a John Wayne movie that that put me onto this and I can't even I, I think Angel I do remember and the bad man. Is. Oh, you you actually know it. Okay. So here's here's the point first before we talk about that movie. I'm going to give what has usually been what I hear other people say when they are trying to promote the preservation of the traditional language. Usually what they say is something along the lines of this language and its use creates a sort of linguistic barrier, a sort of um, it it puts the mode of the feeling of the language, kind of like you were saying as a writer into a level that we're engaging in something a little bit more here. Uh, we're addressing somebody a little bit higher. Um, we're entering into a, a sort of a, um, a court, so to speak. And right. we should preserve that. Now, here's where this movie got me to realizing that's actually not only correct, it's actually the opposite of correct. And furthermore... Because of the reality, because the, of, of the opposite of that argument is really why we should continue to preserve this language and how we can use this language if we internalize it to enter into a deeper spirituality. So the movie, as you pointed out, Angel and the Bad Man, I don't know how many of our listeners might have seen this movie, but there's a part in the movie where, uh, John Wayne, you know, bad guy kind of falls yeah. in with this family and, and there's this, this woman that he's taken a little bit of a shine to. And this family is kind of odd and backwards in, in a way. It would be kind of like, you know, if somebody today was Quakers. taken in by like an Amish family. I think, yeah, they might be Quakers. They're, yeah. they're certainly not Shakers, but, but yeah, they might be Quakers. That makes sense. So society of friends and they, use a little bit of this anachronistic language among themselves. You know, in the time, the, the setting of the movie, people didn't speak that way anymore, but they kind of did. But there was a um, understanding that the term the was kind of reserved for a more intimate sort of exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, to address somebody in the in the second person, normally they they would say you, unless there was a reasonable expectation of of you know close familiarity and that and so forth. And and there's one part in the movie where the woman you know just says thee to John Wayne, and and 
And he kind of says, what? And she says, just thee. And she's inviting him into that kind of familiarity. Um, I don't, I, yeah. I'm, I'm making it sound like a trashy scene. It's not, okay? Right. <laughs> it's worth going to watch in the movie, maybe. But You know, I forgot uh, all the, about that part. <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking of the part when uh it was explained to him cuz he he mm-hmm. he said he's telling the kid to do something I think or he's telling her to do something and finally he says, "Well, thou get me my bags or something like that." And the kid yeah. The, the kid smiles and laughs and says, "Good thing I'm not a tattletale and runs away." And yeah. it's explained right. to him right. that that language is reserved for loved ones mm-hmm. or close people, people who are very close right. to each other. And then, okay, and then later on she says the, and uh, yeah, I remember that part now. Right. So anyway, uh, here's the thing. So I got to thinking about that, and and there's two other languages that I know a tiny bit about. And these languages still even today preserve this sense of when you have a second person pronoun, when you're talking to somebody and addressing them as, as a pronoun, uh, yeah. The way you do that depends on the nature of your relationship with them. And in both languages, it's the same sense of a distinction between a formal address and a familiar address. And so, for example, adults speaking to children could always use the familiar. But children speaking to adults would generally use the formal, unless it's maybe a very close like an adult, like like a child in some cases, maybe some, you know, subcultures might call their parents the or the equivalent of the in these other languages. The other, the two other languages, by the way, are German, which is why English inherited that. And and Russian um, is the other one that I know does that. Now, there may be other languages as well that do that. But those are the two that I actually know yeah. a little bit about. And they both do this. They have this distinction between familiar and formal. Now, English used to have this distinction as well. And when we had this distinction, the you, which also happened to be the plural, and I think Russian actually also does this. The, the plural version of the pronoun is also the formal, even when used in a singular context. And English did this. You is plural, and you is the formal when you're addressing a single person. And then the was the familiar when you're addressing a, a single person person and this was fairly common and 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 fairly uniform throughout the english speaking in fact um sometimes the context itself would make a a difference so for example when they're out in public a woman might address her husband as you but then when they're at home together she would address him as thee because when they're out in public she's showing respect as the head of the household and you know, kind of her place in relation to that. And then at home, you know, it's, it's completely shared and there's an intimacy. And so she reverts to thee. So you can see where I'm going with this. The, the idea that the preservation of thee, thou, thy somehow is a elevation of formality of language. It's, it's the, it's putting yourself into a sort of a, into entering into the court of, you know, maybe a king or something like that. And then therefore you have to observe some kind of higher standard of how you speak to them. That's actually completely backwards. Those pronouns were developed in those traditional prayers 
as a way of entering into and conveying in the prayer itself an intimacy with the person you were praying to, God or the saints, Mary, whoever. Well, there was... The has always been the familiar versus the you as the formal in the English language. What I saw was that, uh, first of all, there were phases of, of the use of the word. I mean, when in, in That's 1300, it was always the, thou, thy. It could um, be at one, one point that, that they didn't even, that it was just singular versus plural. I kind of don't think so though. I, because English is a German language, I think that they always had familiar formal. They also had, they had familiar and, and formal, and then they had, uh, superior and inferior. Which is kind of what, like, like if a, a superior could always use the formal or the familiar to an inferior, and an inferior would always use the formal right. addressing a superior. So, I mean, those two, uh, those two things kind of went hand in hand. Right. But again, to for an inferior to address a superior, they would use you, right. not the. What? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's exactly the opposite of what most people tend to believe. I got it. Wait a minute. And it, there's also ye. So uh, um, yeah. And and in some like in that's another thing. They're, they're translating the Bibles, and um, I think. The King's James version kept that "the thou," and and then they would. Uh, I I I'm reading as I read about this. There's mm-hmm. between the 1300s to the. Uh, it was around the 16 middle of the 1600s that it kind of started falling out of use, and then right. by 1700 it's completely out of use. But it Everybody had been held on you. to in. Uh, in certain circles, in Bible like translations, of friends, and oh yeah, and in Bible translations and stuff like that, right? right. And that's kind of what I'm looking at, not as opposed to uh, culturally. I mean, we could, other than these tiny little groups of people who use it to sound pretentious, um, <laughs> it's limited to prayer and uh, uh, text translations, ancient text translations. And mm-hmm. by then, you're using those for a reason when you're translating the text. And sometimes it was to, uh, mostly it was used to just, as we said, bring the, the, uh, dialogue up a level to show that it's to, to give it a or, place of its own to make it, to make it sound old or to make it sound reverent. I One think of it's the, two. the old part. I think the old part is actually more the case. Not not old in the sense of obsolete, but old in the sense of timeless. Uh, right. You know, so. Um, but the reason I think that it's valuable to understand it as the familiar is because that's what we're invited into with God. That's what, you know, part of Jesus's message was through him to become adopted sons of god not just servants yeah and at at one time jesus even said you know the servant doesn't know what his master's about i don't call you servants i call you friends and so my thinking is that 
if you if you take this idea and internalize it and you say okay when i'm praying to god i'm i'm not you know there's a level at which i acknowledge you know who god is relative to me but then i also there's a level at which i can open myself up and give god my prayers in a way that completely opens me up. It's like, I'm not going to hide anything from God. I'm not going to keep secrets. I'm going to tell God about the things. I may tell God about things I don't even tell my wife. That's the level of intimacy that we're called into in our prayer life with God. And if we take that sense of those pronouns as being a more familiar versus the more formal you and use those in prayer, and internalize that, I think that can help our prayer life and our spirituality. Yeah. Um, but we still, the way we use those words, um, thee and thou is still uh, just because of language the way it is, it's still it feels, a formal, yeah. it, it, it's got a formal feel to it. Like a lot of it times, feels, exactly. That's that's the point. It it feels that way, and and it took you know that that's what was the eye opener for me is is that okay wait it feels that way but I don't have to keep it feeling that way. I can turn it around for myself. Yeah, and make it so that okay I'm using this language because I'm entering into an intimacy with God or uh, with Mary or or whoever. Well, a couple things about that. First of all. You know, a lot of times when I, when I'm praying, uh, silently and I'm kind of in, in, in a meditation type of, uh, mm-hmm. mode, um, if I'm, if I'm speaking to God the Father, I will use thee and thou. And if I'm speaking more to Jesus Christ, I will use you and your. Huh. Interesting. Um, and I, I, it's not something I do on purpose. It's just, kind of ends a up habit that you way. fell into yeah it's kind of yeah um but there's also um i want to say this is coming from saint catherine of siena but it might mm-hmm. be i might be way off it might be like the little Whose flower feast day by the way is today did you realize that no i did not i don't i mean i don't know i i pray the 1961 office so or 1960 whatever it is so i don't know if it's if it's that in the Maybe mo- current calendar. Yeah, it might have changed. But but today is... No, no, I'm wrong. Yesterday was St. Catherine of Siena. Today is a um, a solemnity in the old... They didn't call them solemnities, but it, but the same thing in the old calendar of St. Joseph the Worker. They actually called him... It's kind of funny. In, in, in my book, it says St. Joseph the Workman. Uh, Friday, third week of Eastertide, or St. Joseph the Worker. That's, there you go. That's... Uh, the, the modern. Right. Uh, and, so. and the, the ancient. And, um, yesterday, April 30th, uh, Jeremy's birthday was St. Catherine of Siena. Okay. Um, anyway, there was a, there was a, uh, dialogue between her and Christ where she was kind of criticizing some of the old nuns around her who uh-huh. were, um, who were solemn and uh, almost fearful. Uh, Formulaic? Like, out oh, of okay. reverence. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. In, right, in right. Their, mm-hmm. their, 
their reverence seemed, uh, yeah. And she, uh, she was talking to Christ about it and saying, "Why can't they see what I see? Why can't oh, why see, can't yeah. they be close mm-hmm. to you the way I can?" And he said, um, "For the majority of people, this is mm-hmm. how I am glorified. For oh, uh, right. a few chosen, you're able to see. You're able to." Uh, I am glorified through our familiarity, but for most people, um, that kind of familiarity is not possible. And I personally believe that, um, for the majority of us, that kind of familiarity is more disrespectful than glorifying God. You know That's what I mean? Interesting. It, it, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. it turns into something that shouldn't be there. Like, right, uh, right. And, and I, maybe, I well, you know, maybe I should, and, and, I'm gonna you get know, coffee be, be, while you're because you, yeah, okay, go ahead. That's fine. So even while, um, while saying that, I should also maybe, um, nuance that a little bit because that intimacy that I'm talking about, um, is not the same thing as a, um, Oh, like a, a, a chumminess, so to speak. You know, yeah. it's not the same thing as, as, you know, you would, as like buddies that you josh around with and stuff like that. Right. Um, there's, there's still a formalism in even the structure of the prayer, even if you're praying a non-structured prayer, even if, if it's the kind of thing where you're, you're trying to have a conversation with God and you're making it up as you go along. I mean, not, not making it up in the sense that, um, that you're trying to manufacture things, but, but making it up in the sense that you're, you're trying to convey something to God and you're putting it into prayer words. Um, if, if you're going to put it into words as opposed to just like, say, you know, some kind of contemplation, uh, which I, I, I don't, I, I can't, I, I con- contemplative prayer. Does, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to say it doesn't work for me. You know, I've, I've got to have words there and thoughts there and structure there. And, and that's the point is that even if there are words that, that are not pre-formulated, if I'm formulating them, I'm formulating them in a style that is, that still kind of expresses this, this higher directionality of prayer. Yeah. But at the same time, it's in a sense of intimacy. Um, think of the idea of the intimacy of a young child to his father, where the father is, you know, authority is absolute, but to the young child, in the young child's eyes, the father's, um, the reality of the father's care is also absolute. And so the right. child feels completely open. That's the kind of familiarity I'm talking about. Okay. Trying to foster through the use of those pronouns. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. But I, I, I still feel like the, uh, the, that, that, uh, archaic feel that it gives to prayer is is a good one. Um, here's where the, here's where yeah. we come into a problem, though. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this was some of the argument when 
Because prayers generally come directly out of the Bible. And especially liturgical prayer. In translating these ancient texts, there's the fight of using thee and thou in order to give it that uh, more reverent style. But uh, some of the translation can get lost when you do that. Um, It can. Um, I think some of the translation... Because when you're when you're translating, uh, you're trying to get what the original writers of the Gospels or any of the texts, what the original writers meant to convey, yeah, as in the words they meant one. to convey, and right. that's where some of the argument came in. Well, we should be using you because uh, the that's the word, and maybe in that language, either a they didn't use that formalized you or oh i think yeah i think a lot of or B, languages they um didn't. uh the uh there was no formal formal form of you it was just you right right that's and like latin for example there's there's no such thing as formal and familiar there's no the and thy okay i mean it, yeah it's just two um and the um you know that that's a good point and and it's that's one of those things that um i don't envy bible translators um because they have a hard job that even making the call of of trying to translate um what is um what is said into a modern language and saying okay do we translate what was said do we translate what was meant do we, tra- you know, I'll, I'll give you an, a quick example. Um, suppose that the, you know, biblical times happened in the English speaking world. Okay. Or some even pre, you know, like, like before Jesus's time, some, 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 you know, past event, like, like the, the, um, uh, you know, so, you know, after, like during the, uh, the transfer of the tabernacle to, uh, Jerusalem or something like that happened in, in uh, English-speaking world. And suppose that the various texts that exist from there talked about, you know, and they say, oh, you know, the people during this time just had a ball, okay? Yeah. All right, so now you've got to... Tra- now, now your job as a translator of that into some other language is to translate that. Okay, do you translate it to that they had a... And then the noun you use is this spherical bouncy toy object. Do you translate it that they had a, and the noun they use is like a gala, a dance kind of a thing? Or do you just say they had an awesome time? You see what I mean? Right. What's the right way to do it? I I, I don't know that there's necessarily an answer. I think that's part of the value of, of multiple translations from different people to, you know, kind of give a perspective. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's what they actually said. Here's what it actually meant, you know, stuff like that. But that's a good point that, you know, w- when you're translating and then, you know, a simple thing like, okay, how are we going to do pronouns and, and how are we going to convey those? Um, and within a given language, if the language itself has history, do we use some of the, archaic use of that language in order to lend gravity 
to the thing we're translating or do we go straight into modern or do we say, okay, we'll translate it into aspects of the language only if those aspects have been in use in the language for, I don't know, at least 200 years or something like that. Okay, so like if you're translating the Bible in the 1700s, it's like, well, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that people stopped using thee and thou. We're going to use thee and thou. But if you're right. translating it today, you say, well, people haven't used that forever. So let's just use you, for example. That, you know, the. Right. I, I, I kind of wonder how, how, you know, when they translate it into other languages, are there similar anachronisms, uh, and, and archaic uses that, that, biblical translators are tempted to use and have to decide whether to like if you translate it into spanish you know not not mexican spanish but spain spanish for example right. uh are there uses of in spain that that kind of you know if you use it people think oh you must have learned spanish you know 250 years ago um <laughs> you know, yeah I, <laughs> but, and part of so, the development of of uh you is uh french because mm-hmm. there was right well there was thou and and then there was uh thou and ye mm-hmm. so and i think ye was plural and thou was singular um and yeah part of right. that tran part of that transition into you was french influence you know what french this is interesting french is a uh, Latin language, not a German language, but I think French has or had familiar versus formal in the second okay. person. I don't know that. that that's, you know, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to Google this real quick. Does French use familiar versus formal? Okay. Linguists sometimes use the term honorific to denote polite forms of language like vows more. Two is often referred to as the familiar form of vous as the uh, formal or polite form. So yes, tu versus vous in French. French yeah. has familiar, um, and tu, it, it's, it, French is a Latin language. Tu is the singular you in Latin, and I don't think any of the Latin speaking actually had this concept of familiar versus formal, but vous, or actually not vous, vos, V-O-S, is the plural you. So the Again, in French and in Russian, I don't know about German, but in French, Russian, and English, all three, to the extent that they use a familiar versus formal, the formal is close to or identical with the plural. Yeah, and, and uh, even, I mean, when you would address uh, different monarchies, a lot of times you would would you would use the plural form, not oh, just true. in you and... That's and, true. But in, in, a, in a lot of different... Whenever you're addressing royalty, you would use uh, plural, right? And right. when and they speak of referring themselves, to themselves, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would say we, us, yeah. And I think that grew out of a sense. It, it, I think that was supposed to be out of a sense of uh, of personal humility, in the sense that the kingship is a whole line of kings and if i'm going to be acting as the king i have to be doing it it's it's not me the person individually it's me as a king which is a succession and so i refer to yeah. us um at least i think that was a, i you know i 
I think I heard that somewhere. I've never researched it. So, hey, if anybody's listening to this and, and, and knows otherwise, you know, please post something on our uh, website. Yeah. If people post comments, do you see them? I never go to our website. If, I need to go to our website. If people do, I do see it. We don't get a lot of comments. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and, and at one time, before we stopped doing this uh, for six months, um, I was kind of looking at the the uh, analytics of who was listening to us. You know, surprisingly, mm-hmm. most I, I'd say almost half of the listeners were from California. That's interesting. That kind of weird. Yeah. But well, I don't know if that's because half the people listening are from California or if it's because there are some kind of bots that originate in California that record as listeners. You know what I mean? Oh, that, okay, that, that could be. Or the, the third option is that tons of people who, who do any kind of listening or anything else on the internet just routinely use VPNs. And maybe California has, you know, the, the lion's share of VPN yeah. farms or something like that. I don't, I don't use VPNs. I, I, maybe I should. I get annoyed enough. We, um, when, when the hurricane came and, uh, destroyed, um, the Air Force base down on Panama Beach, uh, which, you know, our, our son was there. Well, a local church said, Hey, we'd like to donate some money. We, you know, we, I, we got this Walmart card for, Whatever it was. I mean, you know, it was significant. I'm not going to say the amount. We um, verified the card. You know, we wanted to just check it before we gave it to um, to Jeremy. And they go to try to use it. And it's like, oh, this, you, you can't use it. And we went through every kind, you know, the, the workers at Walmart couldn't tell us what was wrong with this card that suddenly it couldn't be used. It's like the money had disappeared. And it turned out that our internet service provider, for some reason, the point at which one of their servers put our traffic out onto the internet, it put us in Ontario, Canada. Huh. Walmart detected a card balance check from Ontario, Canada, decided somebody had fraudulently obtained the card, locked it down. And we had to go through all kinds of rigmarole to get the money released back to the, uh, the, the pastor of this church who was gracious enough then to provide it in another form. And, you know, God bless him for that. Yeah. But it's, it was ridiculous. Now I later learned that the way Walmart did the cards made them very, um, subject to, to, uh, hacking and that kind of stuff, which is why they had, such draconian measures regarding the the security of it um but it it it's like i don't want a vpn <laughs> i can oh, just imagine all kinds of, of trouble like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway a- anyway back to the point yeah maybe maybe there's vpn farms in california and everybody who's listening is using a vpn I hope it's something like that or that just people in California like us a lot and not just bots that show up as listeners. Cause I'd like to think that people are actually listening to us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I kind of, uh, I haven't really been, I used to pay for statistics and I, I don't do that anymore. So I, I oh, just okay. kind of get a general, yeah, you got so many listeners and well, but 
If that number keeps growing, I'm going to assume that it's because more people are listening. And, and It does you know. keep growing little by little. So. All right. Well, good. Good. I, You know, getting back on track of recording regularly probably helps. Yeah. So, don't think I don't I have anything more to say about the topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I either. said, it'd be a, a short uh, podcast. We, we spent a lot of time talking about other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I got more other stuff. We got some news. Um, That's right. We do have the news. You know, okay, offshore drilling contractor has filed for bankruptcy due to the oil price collapse. Um, and then they announce this and then they always follow up with following the reduction in oil demand during the global coronavirus uh, pandemic. Okay. Which is, this is so weird to me because it's... Not a bunch of people got sick. I don't know why we're even still calling it a pandemic. I know. I mean, some, it, a lot of people got like, sick, but no more than normal for a right. flu. For for some, yeah, for any number of other, you know, the diseases that... I, I don't know, know why it's, we're it's still like, treating uh, it this way. It's like, you know, it, it's like if we had a common cold pandemic or something like that. I, I don't right. Right. But there was a reduction in oil demand because there's I I can tell that because I go out on the road and there's less people driving. Yeah, there's a, there's a big well you know when governors no say governors and then and then the the um, governments of various other countries um, issue executive orders saying restaurants have to close. Yeah, there's going to be a reduced demand in oil. There's going to be reduced demand in oil for drivers to drive to those restaurants. There's going to be reduced demand in oil for truckers to deliver supplies to those restaurants and so forth. Um, but it's not because of the pandemic. It's not because of people getting sick. It's because of governments shutting things down. Yeah. It's because of the pandemic, and- not the pandemic. On top of that, uh, Saudi Arabia was trying to drive the price down uh, to harm. I remember before the prices came down, I, I mm-hmm. think it was, uh, it was Rush Limbaugh who was talking about the fact that they were doing this and that very soon the oil prices would drop. This is uh, at the very beginning... This is when no one realized that the governors were going to shut down their states. Right. And he said back then, the oil prices are going to come down, and this is Saudi Arabia, a move against Russia. Mm -hmm. So you've got those two things happening at the same time, and that's why gas is a dollar I was going to say, I filled my tank this evening. I put... 10 gallons in my tank for six bucks yeah wow it was a it was at kroger and the price was already down to a dollar 59 and i had a one dollar you know a gallon gas uh credit at kroger six bucks for 10 gallons you i haven't cons- done that gas prices were higher than that when i first started driving yeah you you gotta start thinking about i mean it seems good because we're driving around and and it's costing almost nothing but um and this is going to make all kinds of prices come down but um it's also going to push people out of business yeah and uh you you gotta think this can't be good no i mean i know a lot of people are thinking oh good stick it to the oil companies but 
Um, it, you're not really. It, I mean, it's it's not. It, it's not like the oil companies are are like just kind of out there sucking. Uh, I don't know money from people or whatever. The um, and and if you stick it to them, everything's fine. No, the it, it's all part of a connected economy. The, yeah, they, you know, I, they provide kind of, a thing, and we need that thing. Yeah, and we need it for every little aspect in our lives anymore. Right, right. So if American companies go out of business, and um, and then our our supply returns to normal and our demand returns to normal um actually our supply won't return to normal our demand returns the to demand normal will return but our to normal supply is supply so low from guess what's going to happen yeah we're going to be paying 10 bucks it. a gallon right right it's it's not yeah well this, fortunately indiana is is on a track to open things back up open the economy back up yeah, i know a lot of uh, other states have have extended it to like towards the end of may and stuff but indiana is on a track where things are going to start opening back up on may 4th monday yeah we're supposed to start on may 1st last i heard but i kind of stopped listening our governor dewine is i, I think he extended i don't it know how far his head went up his rear end but he uh He's done such a terrible job dealing with this, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, other governors did a really good job. South Dakota did a really good job, uh, and she didn't re- she didn't put restrictions on everyone. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling their economy is going to be just roaring in comparison with ours. Yeah, and I I can't I can't imagine why Mike Dewine. I don't, I don't know. I I sure hope people don't elect him after this. Well, he's proven how bad he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but on know, the other hand, um, people still, still, people, even after all these numbers came in, and we can see the extent of this disease and how it behaves and how many people are going to be affected about this i still see tons of people out there with their masks on uh maintaining social distance and yeah yeah here's the weird thing it's kind of changed the way i behave in public as i said last week i'm i love social distance i can't stand being around people and all of a sudden it's like I everybody's guess it's just, giving you wide berth now yeah, but like, um, I guess I, it's just instinctively I am against any kind of conformity. And yeah. so, oh, so now it's like, okay, everybody's far away. I'm going to get close to people. <laughs> I feel emboldened and I'm like, like in your face, like I, you know, someone's in the grocery store with their mask mm-hmm. on looking in an aisle and I'll just go stand right next to them. Right next and, to Yeah. 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 That's, and be like, and, and, <laughs> It's 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 ticking everyone off who's around me because I just suddenly yeah, well, feel like you know, I, I'm just not going to conform to this. I'm yeah, and so I'm walking through the grocery store. I now I like purposely step close to people and uh, watch them react in horror and run away. And it's <laughs> it's such a weird you thing know, that's happening. Yeah, it that that's really weird. I would I was thinking you know we've got. Uh, okay, there was the toilet paper shortage. 
Uh, now, and then there's the cleaner and sanitizer shortage. Now there's, a, you know, a coming meat shortage. Um, yeah. Somebody floated. I, I think the pop companies just kind of floated this and it's not real. But somebody floated that there's going to be an aluminum shortage. <laughs> so... Uh, and it's, I was just chuckling this, this morning about, and, and, you know, Terry said, what are you laughing at? I said, it's just that all these shortages that are coming because of the stupid virus panic, it's going to be like, we're going to be like, I, I, I just have this vision of people living in the woods and sleeping in trees and, and using blowguns to, to, uh, kill their, you know, food, their, you know, vermin, rabbits and squirrels and stuff and, and, and wiping their butts with leaves, but they don't have the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, it's like it's at some point it's no longer worth it, guys. Just live. So yeah, if, that's, if you that's, get the dis- I don't know. Well, uh, Delta Airlines is also, uh, headed for, uh, they've suspended some of their flights to the smaller hubs because they uh-huh. lost uh, over $500 million in the first quarter of this year uh, due to all the restrictions. Man. Wow. Um, so the airlines, Cincinnati's... I think, are going to uh, take a serious hit. All the travel and, companies, both and entertainment I mean, and business travel. You know, I, I think people, when they see these industries losing money they need to stop thinking about that as an industry they need to think about that as jobs as jobs yeah exactly this is this is how our country survives this is how people feed their families you, yeah it's so crazy and it's and it and it's like we we yeah, gave ourselves think that if if it, people have this idea that if uh, if if delta loses you know Five hundred million dollars. Uh, they have this concept that you know the CEO and president of Delta together each you know end up losing two hundred and fifty million dollars out of pockets that each consist of three billion dollars or something stupid right. like that. And it's, that's they don't not realize the way it that is. what it means is that people don't work and they get laid off and, and they lose jobs and 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 you know think of Cincinnati Airport is. That's a big Delta hub, isn't it? Yeah. So if if Delta's not flying as much through there, there's fewer airport employees too. It's right. It's not just it, Delta. It's, it's connected. The CEOs are not going to lose money. They're not going to suffer for this. The people who are going to suffer are uh, all the way from blue collar to middle class. Those are yeah. the people who are losing their jobs. Those are right. the right. people who take this hit. You're not you're not sticking it to the man. No, no. The, the no, little guy no. is the one who gets hurt, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know these. I just I can't imagine this round this this current group of politicians being elected again. If yeah. I had if I had two cents to my name, I would either back someone up who was running against these people or run against them myself, um, and, and just point out the fact that they. They've been lousy. They've yeah. it's they personally who destroyed these jobs. Mike DeWine ruined the lives of thousands of people Lots in of Ohio. Ohioans. Yep. yep. It, it's him personally. It yeah, his that's... his advisors didn't do it. He did it. 
Right. That's the I thing that, I, that I you know, I, at some point, are we going to, you know, when we look back at this two years from now, are we going to recognize what really happened? I, I kind of don't think we will. You and know, I, mean, I think there's a lot of people who won't. The, the way I'm seeing everybody wear their masks, uh, young people who have no reason to fear the disease. Well, first of all, do, do you realize, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize this, the masks will not protect you from getting the virus. Right. And they're not meant to protect you from getting the virus. The CDC's recommendation for wearing masks is to prevent you from spreading the virus. Right. Because it's, mo- it's, 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 uh, contracted through contact with surfaces, but it's spread through your breath. So the virus doesn't keep you from getting it, it keeps you from spreading it. So, if you're wearing a mask, the reason you're doing so is that, oh, maybe you have the virus and you don't know it. And it's so possible. Here's here's the irony here. It's so possible for so many people to have this virus without even knowing it, without exhibiting any symptoms. 98%. We need everybody to wear masks. Okay, wait a minute. If it's that, if, if it's that many people will never have symptoms anyway, then why is it such a problem? You know, it's, it's kind of like right. there's this weird irony of... Okay, what well, you just kind of undercut your own, uh, you know. So, but the other thing is, I see all these people wearing masks, and <laughs> I just got to laugh. It's like, well, what are you doing anyway? Just take the mask off, because they wear it over their mouth, but not over their nose. Yeah, there's that, and then they, they do weird things. Like, you know, Kroger's got these bags over the, uh, over the, uh, little credit card machines that everybody's oh, yeah, touching. Yeah, the plastic bags. It's like, and oh, I guess the bag maybe they wipe their bags down like, every well, now and okay. then. I don't know. I, yeah, once in a while I think I see someone reach out with a sanitizer, but it's not like they do it for every customer or, right. or anything like that. It's like, oh, okay, I don't even whatever. use the bags. I move the bag out of the way because I can't see the yeah, dang thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only one who's not going to pick it up then. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, people use gloves. And it's like, they touch, you know, they're, they're using the gloves. Terry saw somebody with gloves on. And, and actually, Terry's at taking precautions. She'll put gloves on. She'll do the sanitizer and stuff like that. But she's not going to live in fear. She goes out and does yeah. stuff. So, um, she saw somebody had gloves on. Of course, you know, they're going around their gloves. The gloves are touching things. It's like, okay, why are you wearing those gloves? Well, to protect me so I don't get the virus on my fingers and then give it to myself. The person's phone rings and the per- and they can't get it to work through the glove. So what do they do? <laughs> they use their teeth to pull the glove off to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you see such it's weird like... behavior that I, I don't know. I'm just it's gonna because it's like people are doing it in order to be part of the part of the crowd rather than because they actually believe the threat. Right. And and they like post Facebook posts about how clean they are and and they're sanctimonious about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like look how it's almost it's like replaced morality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's I, like, it's, I wiped it's, down my of how car good before I, am, I got in. How clean and, I am. Yeah, it's it's like they everybody take that, look that, how uh, 
that stupid old English uh, uh, statement, cleanliness is close to godliness, and take it seriously. They really <laughs> think they're godly. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. Oh, well. Uh, the court in Vietnam sentenced a man to one and a half years in jail for posting anti-government content <clears throat> on Facebook. Wow. I was kind of surprised that was I, in the news. But You know what? Was... I don't really... Yeah, but I don't know anything about Vietnam. Um, but, well, I mean, I would expect that in you know, a place like China, for example. Well, um, let's face it. North Vietnam but... won the war and uh, communism took over there. I don't know what they yeah. are now, but I, it looks to me like they must be still communist. They still must be uh, a dictatorship. Yeah, that's... Yeah, well, and yeah, that's, I mean, if you go to jail for posting anti-government stuff, it's a dictatorship. Just, just. Which, by the I, way, all you people who want to call Trump a dictator, you ever notice how you're not in jail? Yeah. It, it, many people who <laughs> talk bad about, talk smack about him, and no one's in jail mm-hmm. over it. Yeah, uh, some dictator. You get he's, that he's in not China very successful. or Vietnam. <laughs> that's right. Or North Korea. Korea. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so the theater chain AMC Theaters will yeah. no longer host movies produced by Universal Studios. Uh-oh. Because Universal is going to re- release its movies both in cinemas and streaming at format the at the same time. In other oh, words, there won't be that little thing where you go bump. to the theater first. You know what? That's so stupid. Uh, first of all, that's fine. I, other than the fact that the stupid coronavirus panic has me unable to use it, I actually bought one of those like unlimited movies uh, cards, but not for AMC. I bought it for Regal. I love yeah. just going to movies. I, it's I don't Do know you? about you. That to me, oh, I, I love being movies. in a theater watching movies. And it's been that way since I was a little kid. It was one of the favorite things to do. If if I could talk Dad into taking us to a movie on a Sunday afternoon, that yeah, that just made my week. And huh. I I still like that. So um, I bought one of those cards, and and it's like you know, it's like well, okay, now I haven't had a chance to use it yet. Hopefully, Regal will continue to show Universal movies. But the thing is, people who like to go to movies like to go to movies. Yeah. And, and, and the people who prefer to stay at home and watch it will wait. Right. I I, will. I don't, you know, I don't really think, and especially with certain kinds of movies, like, you know, once in a while you'll have this special, you know, like a franchise big built up expectation, like, you know, the next Star Wars movie or something like that. And you'll get a certain number of people who, okay, generally I don't go to movies, but this is Star Wars. So I'm going to, as soon as it's out, I have to see it. So I'm going to go to the movie. Okay. But most movies aren't, aren't like that. Let's, let's face it. Not everything's a blockbuster like that. So the last movie I went to was the digital revision of Star Wars. I got free tickets from, I won something at work and, Oh, the we were like, oh, one? we're going to go see the new, the new, yeah. the new version of Star Wars where they added some stuff. And right. uh, that's the last did time you, I went to the movies. Did you see the original when it, in its original release? I don't think so. Cause that was in 70, what? I, I would have been a couple years old. Was it 74? Okay. You were too young. I saw it. Kathy saw it with me. It was Kathy, me, dad, and uncle Jake. But I do remember seeing it at a, Drive theater, 
theater. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. And I thought that was just the most awesome thing ever. Yeah. Why don't we have drive-in theaters anymore? We do. We've got several here in India. I've, I've got several within driving distance. Yeah. There's huh. one. There's one in Shelbyville where I used to live, and I wouldn't mind going they to do, do that. And the thing is, drive-ins are so cool these days because you remember how the old drive-ins. You remember at the the, the drive-in that they turned into the flea market, um, yeah. on um, Ferguson, Ferguson up there, and and Dad used to always do the flea market thing, and but they had the drive-in things and, and those posts where you know the cars pulled in and they had the post and you pulled the, the speaker little into speaker. your car, <laughs> and they, those speakers were awful they were tinny you know stuff like that today you go to a drive-in what they do is they broadcast the audio on an fm channel and you just turn your car into it on accessory mode you got to make sure you don't turn your headlights on because it you know honks people off of course yeah uh just turn your car on accessory mode and listen to the movie on your radio while you're watching it and you've got people uh, turn them up real loud and stuff like that does the time sync okay stuff What's that? Does it does it sync okay? Yeah, perfectly. It's awesome. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And, so I you mean, got it major is a sound. really cool experience. And and then what they'll do is between the movie because you know drive-ins are always a double feature. So between yeah. the movies, what they'll do is they'll say, "Okay, everybody, go ahead and start your cars for a few minutes to keep your batteries going." Right. And then we'll go ahead and and you know start the next movie, and then. You know, you've got those people who still their batteries drain by the end of the second movie, and so they'll they'll have a service that comes around and starts jumping people's cars for them so they can leave. Ah, uh. but I mean, it's it is a different. I mean, it's it's the same because it's drive-in. You get to sit out. You you open your cars. You know, your seats and stuff like that. But um, I think but they do it so much better. They do it better now. Around here, yeah. Uh, but you know, I hate we'll movies. We'll have to, to find, um, I think there's, there's, I'll have to find out if there's one that, you know what, Shelbyville is kind of like, it's, okay, it's not halfway, it's it's mostly towards me, a little bit towards you, but anyway, the Shelbyville drive, it's called the Skyline, by the way, um, yeah. if, if they're ever showing a cool set of movies, you know, maybe we could meet with, you could bring yeah. any of your kids that want to come, and I can take any of my kids that want to come. The main thing is, and, I don't want to stop in the middle of a, look, I like to smoke while I'm watching something oh uh i wonder you might even be allowed to smoke i can't imagine why not hell i'll yeah, roll the that, windows that's up another and make cool thing yeah you're suffer. outside you're outside the only thing is you gotta remember to bring mosquito spray oh yeah okay that's fine yeah so anyway let's let's make a point of that okay. sometime yeah so how did we get um, onto drive-in movies oh amc universal that's right Okay. So what else in the Let's news? Let's see. Um, the Asteroid OR2 uh, made a close approach uh, 6.3 million miles to Earth. Uh, it will not approach any closer than that until 2079. It's so weird how they can uh, predict the track of an asteroid. Something as, as insignificant as that. What was the name and, of it? And no, OS2? OR2? Uh, OR2. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1998 OR2. I don't know why it's yep. 1998 OR2. To but, safely uh, fly past Earth this week. Is It's not going to be visible to the naked eye, though, is it? No, probably not. No, I don't think yeah. so. Even if it was, it wouldn't be as exciting as like a comet with a long tail or anything. 
Right. I'm yeah. waiting no, for it, a comment not, to not, come that but, was as good as uh, Hailbop. Hailbop. Yeah, that one. That was, was such that a was neat cool. comment. I know. It, 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 the, that was the one that had that double tail, right? Uh, yeah, but you couldn't see the double. Most of them have a double tail, but you couldn't see it on uh, on it with in the with the naked eye. Right. I used binoculars and I was able to see it. Were you? Just faintly. Yeah. See, I wasn't really into that kind of stuff back when that was in the sky. I just remember looking up and I wow, look at that, a comet. I know. It, it is just kind of like hanging there. You know, it's like... And you could see it in the city. Freaky. It would be less freaky if it was like... Because people imagine a comet as, until they've actually seen one, as a flyby. Right. right, but it isn't. It's it's like it's just hanging there, and it's got this tail, and it's just you know, it, it is yeah. a really cool thing to see. It's you know, yeah. Um, so that's the one where all those people killed themselves. Remember, Hellbop? Yeah, the Heaven's Gate. Yeah, they believed they believed if they if they killed themselves and and had they a, get a uh, ride I don't know, on a dollar seventy five in their weird. pockets or something like that. Yeah, the spaceship would take them up to. Uh, that's terrible. That people I, get... You know, I, I have to go back and research them because it's like, I got to think that there was somebody behind that that somehow was benefiting from something or other. There's there's no way that a guy charismatic enough to convince people to do that was also himself delusional, delusional enough to believe it. Yeah, it's sad. It's weird. I don't know. I don't... Well, didn't the... Especially the... the Jonestown, the money didn't in the he also thing. kill himself? Did he kill himself? I I thought he killed himself because he knew that, yeah. that you know they were coming for him. But and a whole bunch of other now. people were. I mean, that was a freaky place. They used to like hang kids over the wells to terrify them and into submission and obedience and stuff. Yeah, that was a bad place. That, how did, you know, how did people get into those situations, those kinds of know. yeah cults and stuff. Man. Uh, the 2020 tornado season is considered the most, the deadliest since 2011. This season. Oh, so of, so when does tornado season start and end? I have no idea, but it includes this the Easter uh, tornadoes. This season does. And did you ever see yeah. the movie? You know, it's kind of interesting. We got tornadoes. We've had a few earthquakes. We've got coronavirus. Sort of, kinda. We've got coronavirus panic. Uh, people might be tempted to think we're in end times. But did you ever see the movie Tucker and Dale ver? Is it Tucker and Dale or Dale and Tucker versus Evil? No, I never. I never. Okay, saw I. It. I can't. First of all, do you like horror movies? Like, would you sit down and watch, say, Friday the Thirteenth? No, I wouldn't. Okay, you probably wouldn't like this. This is a super campy horror movie. It is hilarious. Um. And spoiler alert, people who might be wanting to see it. Um, so in the movie, eh, I guess it's not that much of a spoiler. There's these, pe- there, you know, two hillbillies, Tucker and Dale, and they're doing their thing. And there's these kids that are interpreting the stuff they do in this like weird uh, kind of way. And that causes the kids to do things that end up getting themselves killed. Okay. Like, for example, there, you know, in, in one of the scenes, he, he's using a chainsaw to, to try to cut wood. The wood he cuts into has a hornet's nest inside. Suddenly, the hornets are swarming around him, and he's trying to wave them away, but he's got the chainsaw running. 
And so the kid who's watching this thinks that the guy is chasing him with the chainsaw. So the kid's running from him, and the other guy's waving the chainsaw around because of the hornets, trying to get away from the hornets and running. And the kid himself ends up like running into a branch that's hanging and impales himself and dies. That kind of that kind of stuff. Okay, that that okay. sort of campiness. Um, I've got this like vision, this not a serious vision, but this sort of like humorous kind of, you know where things are going kind of vision of a similar kind of like like all of society is like these kids that are like reacting incorrectly to the circumstances yeah for the coronavirus the coronavirus is 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 tucker and dale basically i mean okay i don't want anyone to hear me say that it's harmless but you know it's not what everybody imagines it to be right and we end up destroying ourselves completely because of a misinterpretation of, of what the thing really is. It, I, it, it I just occurred to me while we were it. talking, it yeah. just occurred to me that while we were talking that, that Dale and Tucker versus evil could be a metaphor for our handling of the coronavirus. Yeah. I might watch it. Yeah. It's, it's super campy, but it, it, you know, it's funny. It's funny. And I can uh, never remember whether it's Dale and Tucker or Tucker and Dale. <laughs> I don't even recognize the name, so I don't know. <laughs> the government of Sudan criminalized female uh, genital mutilation. That kind of surprised Good. me. That does yeah. su- that surprises me too. So Sudan, um, I thought that was a Muslim country. Yeah, it is. Well, it's mostly Muslim country. I didn't. I, I guess I thought it was an officially of Muslim Sharia country. Law. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I don't know. Um, let's 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 see more. <laughs> uh, NASA has officially selected SpaceX oh. and Blue Origin and Dynetics to build its uh, lunar lander. Awesome! So we're going to build a new lunar lander. Is it going to be yeah. a manned lunar lander or a robotic yeah. one, a drone? Uh, American astronauts to the moon by 2024. Nice. I guess Trump nice. wants this under his belt. So he's saying instead of 10 years, you're going to do it in four years. And, uh, <laughs> of course, we have to get the first woman to we... the moon and whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's fine. But you know what? The thing is, okay, People think of it as, as largely symbolic, okay, p- taking a person to the moon and that kind of stuff. But when you think of space and the space, you know, um, aspect of exploration and, and that kind of stuff, as we develop the technologies for increasing presence on the moon, on planets like Mars, on asteroids maybe, and stuff like that, there's going to be real commercial impact to how this stuff develops and being out there in front is going to be very important for America because if we're not in front, the ones who are going to be in front is China. (laughs) I could not hear. You did not. You did not. You did not even have to say that. (laughs) Now, they've got my laugh. 
Uh, I, you know what? You you don't even have to fill back fill that back in because I'm not going to say what it is you just said. <laughs> yeah, you had to step away from the computer. <laughs> so everybody who everybody who hears me laughing in this strange silence on the other end, <laughs> he had to step away from the computer. <laughs> Uh, um, it depends on the circumstances. Like, so in the morning, I drink my pot of coffee, and it's like, okay, got my pot of coffee, good, and now I'm gonna switch to water, and um, I drink a teaspoon of water, and all of that coffee turns into urine. Um, I'm back. Um, by all the right. Way. Uh, okay, so okay, I guess everybody just minute, realized you, what you had to go do. A teaspoon of water. <laughs> What's that? You drink a teaspoon of water. <laughs> no, I don't drink a teaspoon of water. My point is, after my first sip of water, all the coffee turns into urine. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. As I, I'm not even that old, but I swear I get up three times every night. I can't even get through a night's sleep. Hmm. I get yeah, up that at is least an old thing. three times to uh, use the men's room and uh, I can't make it through anything with that. I go on a trip, it's terrible. I gotta stop at every uh, rest area I, I see anymore. You know, I've actually been doing better in in the afternoons. I you know the more and, and I think the reason is because I've shifted my coffee drinking to a very high concentration in the morning and then I start drinking water and then I like I go a bunch. It's like honestly if, if I finish my coffee by 10 and I start drinking water, it might be 15 minutes between times having to go to the bathroom a few times. But then when the afternoon comes, for the first time in my life, and, and I mean the first time, you know, in the last five years of my life, yeah, I'm able to sit through an hour and a half meeting without having to excuse myself and get up and go. Hmm. It used to be that if a meeting ran more than an hour, it's like, forget it, guys, I'm, uh, I'll be back. Yeah. And it was kind of embarrassing because nobody else seemed to need to do that. It's like, well, and I'm sure everybody's thinking, couldn't you do that before you came? Well, I did do it before I came to the meeting. Yeah, <laughs> I told you to go before we got in the car. <laughs> exactly, like my kids. It's like, or you know, like like there's one of my kids that that I, no matter what, you know, when it comes, you know, maybe it's actually programmed. Maybe it's like he just doesn't care to listen to people preach. Comes time for the homily. He has to get up, go to the bathroom at mass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember as a kid, a bathroom trip just makes the mass seem shorter, and mm-hmm. it, it just breaks up the that that long agonizing hour that you have to sit there. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Anyway, um, that that's it for the news. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, that's kind of cool. My first news is actually about NASA, sort of. I, I've got some oh, yeah? news news from the Nation of Nonsense. And there was a mysterious package attached to a bright red parachute set off a bomb scare. Uh, this is... Uh, trying to figure out where this occurred. Um, South Brunswick. Uh, da, 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 da. South Brunswick, what state? I mean, is that... Brunswick, Georgia? Anyway, they don't really say. Um, in South Brunswick, a package with a red parachute set off a scare. It turns out it was a NASA experimental balloon. Ah. 
So that's kind of fun. Now, my next four, predictably, or my next three rather, predictably, are all, no, let's say four, are all about the coronavirus in a sense. The yeah. first one is just, this is so stupid. So there's a guy, uh, a news anchor um, in uh, Spain, who's, he was broadcasting from home, and there's like so much wrong with this whole story. Uh, but he was broadcasting from home because, of course, they can't go into the studio to broadcast. And people noticed behind him on his broadcast, I guess he was just using his computer, a uh, half-naked woman walking across the uh, room behind him who wasn't the woman that he was supposed to be with. Now, the thing is, you know, they called it cheating. Well, he wasn't really married or anything. He had a girlfriend at the time who says that she was supposed to still be his girlfriend, but it's kind of one of these, you know, like high school drama things. Well, yeah, he hadn't broken up with me yet. Blah, blah, blah. The woman herself turned out to be another newswoman. So I guess high school drama plays out in the media. Um, They're still kind of stuck in that mode over in Spain. That's the nonsense. Um, So did, did he, did he get dumped? I don't know. I, is it is it dumped? He he kind of apologized for people. Oh, I didn't mean to, you know, for anybody to get hurt. Um, his, he says no, he says they had already broken up. His girlfriend says no, we hadn't broken up at that time. But the, that would be his woman, coworker that was there with him. Not coworker, but another newswoman. Oh, well, I, actually, I mean, maybe 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 she was his coworker. And well, maybe, maybe it was just. What's half naked? I mean, is that... Uh, Did she lack a shirt? Or uh, was it just skimpy clothes? Maybe... Maybe she was just there working. Because it's it's kind of blurry. Because, I mean, it's focused on him. And she's just kind of like in the in the like like he's the main screen, and then she's this this little on on a on a full screen. She might be like a little two inch figure, like way in the background. So it's hard to even tell. But it's definitely a woman. That's all you can really tell. I mean, she could be, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. She could be naked. She could be half naked. It looks kind of like she's maybe wearing a bikini or something. I don't know. Okay, it's hard. So to it's tell. not someone who is. Uh, there to work with him and uh, and was naked. Yeah, doesn't look was, like it. Didn't happen to wear many clothes. No, I okay. think I think she was he she, she he was he was you know they were carrying on. His girlfriend says, "Oh no, we weren't broken up yet." So uh, my only point is, you know, the stupid nonsense. I guess high school drama happens in the Spanish news media uh, industry. Yeah. You know what? It probably happens in the American news industry, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so I shouldn't be I shouldn't be calling out Spain so bad. Okay, um, next. This is just kind of, I don't know. So in Paris, apparently um, with the shutdown, people are having trouble getting a hold of their drugs. And I don't mean prescription. So criminal yeah. gangs are using fast food couriers to deliver recreational drugs to people who are confined at home. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I it's, okay. I think this is a bigger issue than people might realize. I, I don't uh-huh. know this for certain, but, um, 
along with the fact that Trump is is really putting the screws on these uh, uh, drug cartels. Cartels. Yep. Um, with everything being shut down, it is making drug pushers or drug mules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's making it harder for them to move the product. Right. And I don't. I, it's not something you really think about, but we have a huge population of uh, heroin users in America. Yeah. yeah. And they're probably having a harder time getting their drug right now. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wonder if I wonder if places like uh, rehab centers are prepared oh. to take on a higher number of people. Who to are deal with the fact to, that uh, yeah that people are maybe like, quitting because but they can't just quit they they're going right. to end up spending whatever money they have mm-hmm. and paying a higher price for I don't know if the prices have gone up or not but I That's I imagine they would you know I that mean, would be an interesting you this know, kind of a problem that maybe somebody should look into I, well I'm thinking this is like a, a, a great opportunity for some. Um, either economics or sociology graduate students out there to 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 do their master's thesis on right. exactly this. I mean, yeah, that that is an interesting uh, aspect, and it is a real problem. I don't know any actual druggies, or at least I don't talk to any druggies right now, so I don't know. But I have mm-hmm. to wonder if prices have gone up. I have to think that they have. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, that's a good point. This is one of those things. Hmm. All right, so uh, in India, okay, so you know how if you've got a uh, okay, if you've got a rabid dog, what do you do? You put them down, you shoot them, okay? Yeah, like loose in the neighborhood or something like that. You, what are the police going to do? They're they're going to bring a sniper out and shoot the dog. But if yeah. it's not if it's not rabid, if it's just a dog that is you know not acting dangerous or strange, they don't necessarily want to shoot him. But but the you know the dog catcher might need to catch him, and so what do they have? You know they've got certain loops they can slip around their neck and catch him and get him into the truck and and take him to the kennel and and then they can start working on him and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, in India. Uh, the police are so panicked about the coronavirus that they have developed devices for the purpose of um, maintaining social distance while apprehending the people who violate the coronavirus stay-at-home restrictions. What? Yeah. So they have exactly. like people nooses that they people. Yeah, I, I, noose might might not be the right word, but uh, yeah, basically it's. Uh, it's like, okay, we've got this, this, uh, long pole. It's gonna have this hook around the end that they can grab you around the race, right, uh, the waist, and then we can control you from a distance. <laughs> it's so stupid. The whole world is going crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wonder and, if like 30 years from now, there's gonna be like, they're going to talk about this era like the the whole world just went crazy and they were like <laughs> there were some voices of dissension there were a couple podcasts out there yeah that, that uh, talked about how stupid all this stuff were, was but uh 
but nobody listened to him. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's that's uh okay. So, uh and then the last one is I guess kind of along those lines and it's even more stupid. Uh German uh police uh are uh having a nice time uh busting um black market like hair, hair salons yeah like black market black hair market salons, hair salons. <laughs> wow because you're not allowed to have your hair done during the coronavirus yeah. underground hair salons <laughs> underground hair salons are being busted by german police Jeez. <laughs> so you know our sister does hair watch out <laughs> Don't get yeah. caught. <laughs> if I were if I were a hairstylist, I would I would be doing that. I would I would yeah, set up shops totally. somewhere. Totally, like, okay, guys, in, just you know, give me a call. We'll the, the password windows. is Swordfish. <laughs> yeah, Every, it's so weird. All this stuff is so weird it's to me. So stupid. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess, it's it's stupid and it's weird to think that people who are the ones who are kind of in charge with, with order in society can be that stupid. Right. It's scary because, mm-hmm. well, that's the thing. That's what I, I, I end up thinking. On the one hand, uh, nobody could be that stupid. If you're... If you're making these rules and you're doing these things, it's there's got to be some other agenda here. Yeah. Mike DeWine can't be that dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cuomo can't be... Well, Cuomo might be a little bit of a different story because he, uh, despite the fact that there's so many people coming down with it, he keeps packing everyone into these subways and stuff like that. But um, for the vast majority of America, it's just is not that big of a deal. And yeah. our governors are shutting their own. It's like they're shooting themselves in the foot. And if you're doing that at, from the very beginning, I thought this is a way to destroy the economy so that they can keep Trump from being reelected. That's what I originally That's thought. That's almost what it feels like, you know, but and then I started thinking, but I'm walking around and I'm seeing the fear in these people's eyes. When I get yeah. too close to them and they run away from me, and right. right, that's real fear. These people really believe it. Yeah, but you know what's what? The thing is this: I I, I went um, I went to a uh, Lowe's uh, a couple weeks ago. I needed to pick up some some blocks for some landscaping stuff. So I'm in the garden area, and the way this Lowe's is organized, and I think most Lowe's are like this, they've got the main store, and then they've got the garden area outside, yeah. and there's a couple doors that go between the store and the garden area. You can go between, you know, one or between. Yeah. Well, I, I found where the blocks were, and it's like, okay, I start putting the blocks on my cart, and I think, all right, I want, I want to do this with gloves. I forgot to bring my own gloves with me, so I'm going to go get a cheap pair of gloves and use those, and then just pay for them on my way out. In response to coronavirus, they closed the doors between the garden area and the store. So now, instead of walking through one door, now I have to go out of the garden area entrance, passing a bunch of people and a bunch of surfaces to breathe on, all the way to the main doors of the store, passing another bunch of people that are gathered there, back along the store, 
to where the garden area is because it's just on the other side of that wall, grab the gloves, and then go back, go through the checkout line to pay for the gloves because I can't just walk out of the store with them. Yeah. Pass all those other people that are still around, hanging around the main entrance back into the garden area. And it kind of, it occurred to me that the people who are setting up these systems in response to the coronavirus threat, they don't believe the coronavirus threat. Because if they did, they would be setting up different systems. It kind of reminds me, do you remember how when the airline, you know, when when cell phones first started becoming sort of ubiquitous, and then airlines had this policies, everybody has to have their cell phones off during the flight. Yeah, because it was going to bring down the airplane, even though that had never happened. Well, not only had never happened, but here's the thing. What do you think would be the policy regarding cell phones if any actual airline uh, person in charge actually believed that it was possible to interfere with the airline ele- airplane electronics with a cell phone? They wouldn't would have a policy. have them. Exactly. Not in your pocket, not in your carry-on luggage, not even in your checked luggage. Right. And, and it's just so there it, to it, make everybody It was obvious think. nobody actually believed that the cell phones could bring down an airplane, at least nobody who was in charge of those policies. This coronavirus stuff is the same way. Yeah. Remember you couldn't have a cell phone at a gas pump? Yeah, because people thought your your cell phone, I, I don't know, some, some kind of weird spark in it would know. ignite the gas, something stupid like that, yeah. They had all kind of, and you see that kind of thinking in a, in a lot of different uh, places. Like, uh, okay, the the fear that uh, of global uh, warming. Mm-hmm. And the rising waters. Um, people who claim that this is happening are still buying beachfront properties. Oh, and they say they this is going to happen in ten years. But yeah, but they, and yet they know they're it's spending not. millions of dollars on on beachfront properties. It's like, why are you doing that? Yeah, that you're going to be underwater soon. And you what know you they be, don't believe it. What they you ought wouldn't. to be spending money on is the slums that are, you know, two miles inward of beachfront properties. If you right. really believe that, that's what you'd be buying because those are going to be the beachfront properties when all this happens. Right. But they know it's not going to happen. Yeah. They, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Boy, yeah, this is going to be a it's short a podcast of, and of, it's almost two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making people think that they're safe, but okay, we'll yeah, wrap it yeah, up here. Uh, um, yeah, I don't have any more news items. Okay, well, folks, think about what we said and uh, circle the beads. Circle the beads, oh, and gosh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need a Bye, lot everybody. of prayers.